Alright everybody, we're back for another episode of the Binge Boys Podcast. I'm your host Logan. Excuse me, I have <clears throat> something in my throat, just ate dinner, so uh, got, got a little something in my throat, I don't know what, but um, we're back for an episode of The Run Through, and I've got a guest with me today, but before I introduce him, I've got a couple programming notes right off the top. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome, uh, but if this is uh, not your first time, welcome back. Uh as I said, I'm Logan, and on Tuesdays, the main episode of the show, that is when we talk about the hottest of what's going on in today's movies and, and TV, and that's what I do with Matt and Tanner. Now, today's Thursday, the day you're listening to this, and you're like, what are we doing today, Logan? Well, let me tell you. On Thursdays, we have bonus episodes, and they usually are the run-through, which is what we're doing today, but there also could be rewatches, they could be interviews, they could be trailer breakdowns, they could be whatever fits that week and this week it's a run-through and the run-through essentially is getting together with a co-host who wants to talk about a particular movie usually from the past uh for when the binge boys didn't exist we kind of missed the mark we weren't able to review it back when it released so it's kind of a way for us to revisit old classics or movies that completely bombed and kind of revisit why they bombed or why they were a success and that's what we're doing today number one Go to all of the socials. It could be Twitter. It could be TikTok. Trying to get rolling on there and Instagram at Binge Boys Pod. It's it. It's where you get reviews, videos, top five lists, announcements, whatever it is. It's on the socials. So if you want, just, just follow along. It's easy. And then go to iTunes or Spotify and just make sure you've left a five-star rating. That's all we ask. You can do it on Spotify now. So if you're primarily a Spotify listener, have no fear. You can rate us on there now. So that's all good stuff. Today, I've got uh, I've got Asher with us today. What's going on, my my friend? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, good. So, so Asher is here with me today, and we're going to be talking all about Anchorman: The Legend of Ron Burgundy. But before we get into the legend of Ron Burgundy, I think it's fitting that we talk about the legend of the Sunday polls guy, Asher. <laughs> what, what? I mean. I guess we got connected on Twitter where I'm sure you've connected with a ton of people. And I, I, I guess I, I'm just going to ask the question that maybe a lot of us have that nobody's maybe asked is what started you on the Sunday polls thing? Explain it to the people who have no idea what it is. I'm sure there's going to be people that see us promoting on the socials and, and check out the episode that follow both of us or you or me or whatever. But for people who have no idea what started it? Yeah. First of all, thank you for the intro. I really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm Asher. Um, I, uh, like tongue in cheek, but you know, just because I, I keep it as the name on all my socials, uh, the Sunday polls guy, uh, which is, it's a fun little thing I've been doing for the last, uh, I think it's, I think we're on year four now. Um, but it's really obviously it took off it, it, during COVID. But essentially, it's just Instagram polls. That's all it is. There's really nothing too special to it. Um, but for whatever reason, I, whether it's the questions that I ask or, you know, the just sort of the way that I interact with people when they want to ask me questions or, or whatever it is about myself, but it has developed this sort of cult-like following. Uh, I started it back in, um, 
Yeah, it's almost, I think we're coming up on year four because it's March of 18, I think is what it, uh, is my earliest highlight of it. I think I may have had some stuff before Instagram had the ability to like archive things. So I may, it may be even older than that. Um, but essentially I was up late one night. I had, I had some pretty bad insomnia during a brief stint in college and I just couldn't sleep. And so I remember posting on a story being like, oh, can't sleep. Who else is up? And I, I noticed that like, you know, maybe a hundred, 200 other people were also up at like four in the morning, not necessarily like, you know, like on a weeknight at, uh, during school. And so if I had a bad insomnia night, I would just throw up these Instagram polls to try to like have fun with people that were also awake. Uh, and then I noticed that obviously the, you know, uh, Instagram stories are up for 24 hours. So yeah, while, while I did it for the other insomniacs, they would stay up all day. And so even during the day, people would interact with them and be like, you know, oh, this, that, this, that, you know, either reply and share their opinions or continue to vote on it. Um, and so I kind of made that, I started doing, you know, these embrace debate polls where I would, if something would come up, I would poll it, but it, it wasn't, it had no regularity to it, really. It was just kind of whenever I wanted to, I'd throw something up. Um, COVID came around and I thought it was a great opportunity to use my platform to try to keep everyone um, entertained. Right. Everyone was, we were, we were told 15 days, right. Two weeks, right. Flatten the curve, <laughs> stop the spread. Yeah. Well, so I was like 15 days, I could do 15 days. This is easy. So I did 10 Instagram polls a day, every day for longer than 15 days. Uh, I think I got to about day like 30 or 35 where I wow. basically burned, I burned out. Yeah. So it was like a month of just, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of polls. Um, and yeah, basically it was too much all at once. And I, at some point was like, okay, I like the idea. I need to find a balance of when to do it and how often. And then I had the idea of doing it weekly, about 20, 20, you know, somewhere between 15 to 25 polls a week, depending on, you know, what I get or what I think of. And then Sunday just felt like the opportune day, right? You're hungover in bed, you're at brunch, you're with friends. You're just like, you want to get your mind off of everything and kind of just, go into this little make-believe world and so that's the uh the name and the, yeah and then the name came pretty organically sunday polls and the sunday polls guy pretty simple that's so sick man i i had no idea that um it, it had been going on for around four years that's crazy yeah the i mean the weekly the weekly aspect of it is probably about two years old now um you know having that sort of organization to it but even then still like back in the early days of college people would always be like oh you should put this on your instagram like next time you do a you know, an Instagram poll or something, ask this, like people, there wasn't at the branding and, and whatnot came a little bit later and, and having that sort of organization to it. Um, that was, that was later down the road, but, uh, but yeah, it's, and now it's blossomed into this really cool thing. I think when the pandemic started again, let's make it very clear. I'm nobody. I'm, I'm nothing special. Um, I had about like 1700 though followers on Instagram. And I think we're almost double that now. I'm at like 32, almost 3,300. Um, and I have been, um, I guess, librarying everything. So I've been, I've been going through my archives and putting all of the, the poll data that I have into like Excel files and I'm doing, you know, not to, not to my own horn, but I'm doing, you know, 100% improvement year over year. The numbers are up, you know, everything's up. People are sharing it. Uh, it's, 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 it's nice. It's fun. And it's, uh, you know, it's like anything else. It's like, the, you know, binge boys podcasts, like anything else. It's, it's just something you do. And if you have fun doing it and, and, and people like it, it's going to grow. So uh, it's been very exciting. That's, that's exactly right. And, 
And I'm sure it's gotten to the point where like maybe you're off by maybe, you know, 30 minutes, couple hours, whatever on a Sunday when, when you're supposed to do the polls and people might start hitting you up and like, Hey, where's the polls? And it's, and it's just gotten to that point where you, but a, you care about it so much. Um, and, and like, yeah, like you said, it's, it's such a small thing, but if people like it and you like it, like why the hell stop? It's um, it's yeah, the whole, the whole, uh, it's funny you say that like people, I I'll get that all the time. So I've, I've, I've been pretty good. I, they go about one thirty uh, Eastern standard on Sundays I'll be late, but I'll like mention, I'm like, Hey guys, it's, I'm, I'm moving slow today. The hangover is extra bad or, you know, something came <laughs> up. I'm going to be a little late. Right. And, and most time people know But what's really funny. And this is where, like, this is where I, I knew I was, I was onto something with picking Sundays is because Sunday is everyone's hangover day. Yep. And so I'll get texts from people that are just like wildly they're ripping hungover. Right. It's like it went out Thursday or Friday. So the next day is either Friday or Saturday or something. And then all of a sudden they're like, dude, what's the, like, where's the, where are the polls? Why haven't you posted it? And I'm like, I'm like, it's not Sunday. And they're like, oh, shut up. No way. Really? I was like, yeah, but they're, they have this Pavlovian condition. Like I'm hungover. My head hurts. Let me go to Asher's Instagram. I'm like, that's like a response. And that happens. And so people will, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that's insane. I, I think I, followed you on Twitter for a period of time without even following you on Instagram. So for the longest time, I was like, man, why is this guy just called the Sunday polls guy? Like, and then I think yeah. you, you popped up as a suggested account at some point, And I thought, Oh shit, mm -hmm. this is why they call him the Sunday polls guy. That's sick. Yeah. I don't know because the full, my full Twitter handle is like Sunday polls guy on IG. Like it does say that in the name, but I guess not everyone, like maybe you don't see the full thing, but I do get that a lot where people, because I'll, I'll try to do some cross, um, you know, cross platform marketing or whatnot. Like I'll, I'll post screenshots of the polls or things like onto my Twitter and all sorts of stuff. And people be like, wait, these are so much fun. Like, like you should do more. I'm like, I do 20 every single week and I have been forever. Just go yeah. on my Instagram. And they're, like, and they're like, oh, I didn't even know you had an Instagram. It's like, it's in the name. It's in the, you know, there's so many, <laughs> and, and you, you can imagine it's like, I'm only pushing this thing everywhere. So just read it, you know, do me one click, click into something one time for me, just a little that's, bit of curiosity, dig in a little bit and you'll find it. <laughs> that's so, so true, man. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that people will be like, Oh, you do a podcast. I'm like, I only post everything that the podcast posts to my Instagram story. I throw everything on my Twitter no. at this point. If you, still don't know that I do it. And I've done it for same thing as you three, four years now, if I've done it this long and you still don't know, then that that's just on you at that point. Yeah. It's, it's like, I'm, you know, I have to like, I have to take, I have to drag the horse to water and put the straw in its mouth. And then it's like doing everything just short of making the horse drink. And, and that's all, that's all on us. So. Yep. It's true. It's true. For sure. Well, well good stuff, man. Thanks for giving me that background. Cause not only, do people now know, but now I know, which is, which is just yeah. dope. Um, so we're talking about the anchor man, which uh, I'm going to run through some information about it for people who mm -hmm. may not know. So I'll just quickly go through and say that anchor man, the legend of Ron Burgundy was released on July 9th, 2004, which just that in and of itself, I was like, Oh my God, it's been totally. 20 years since this movie released. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, directed by Adam McKay, starring 
Will Ferrell's Ron Burgundy, Paul Rudd, Brian Fantana, David Kushner, Keshner. I've never known how to say that guy's Dave name. Keckner. Okay. Okay. As Champ Kind, Steve Krell, Brick Tamland, Christina Applegate, Veronica Cornerstone. The list goes on. The movie is about Ron Burgundy, who is San Diego's top rated newsman in the male dominated broadcasting of the 1970s. But it's all about to change for Ron and his cronies when an ambitious woman is hired as a news anchor. Uh, Asher, this is something I do all the time. It's a fun game I love to play, and that's guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. Unless you've already done the research and you know, I want you to give it a shot. Critic score and audience score, what do you got on Anchorman? Um, yeah, so I actually do I do keep a movie um, spreadsheet thing myself where I, I rate movies, I give them a score. I do keep the, the tomatoes. Um, thing i don't have it open i'm looking at the tab on my computer trust me and when i say that uh, it is not open but i do know a couple things about the movie i don't think it was critically acclaimed very well i mean i know it's a and we'll get into it but like it is you know it's a it's a will ferrell like you know that those early sort of apatow crew films where it's it, like it's the most quotable movie of all time like you know a weekend i could give you the whole movie right here on this podcast just quoting it um but i want to say like say critics was we're gonna go i want to say 60s i'll say 66 and i'll say audience liked it a little bit more we'll pump it up to like 87 which which is just awesome because critic score you nailed it 66 percent uh audience score we got just a hair under at 86 percent so Right on the money, my man. Wow! <laughs> I you're gonna you're gonna think I'm you're gonna think I'm cheating. I promise you. I swear to God, I'm not. I promise I, you, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I I absolutely trust you for being for now knowing that you also keep a spreadsheet full of scores and ratings and whatnot. Yeah. I do not doubt that you are a movie savvy guy. So I'll throw this at you. Yeah. So. Box office wise, the budget for this movie was twenty six million dollars, which at the time that's a ton of money. Uh, yeah, you got to think it's oh four, right? So it's not absolutely. Tough. Um, yeah. Opening okay. weekend, the movie made its budget back. It made twenty eight point four million, and then all time, it made ninety point seven million, which seems low, but. I mean, at the time, like ninety million dollars—that's that's a that's a that's a success if I've ever heard it. Yeah, yeah. And you also got to think, you know. Well, again, I was going to say the rule of thumb nowadays. You say like uh, a budget, a movie's budget is is really double what's reported because of marketing and whatnot. Sure. But maybe you know, marketing's probably not as heavy ne- like back in '04. So let's say so. Okay, what was it? Um, here, I'll pull it up too, so I have numbers. So okay, uh, budget twenty six. Let's let's call it. We call it forty million, maybe with marketing. Sure. You know, ninety million in the box office. It's that's you know double your budget and then some. So yeah, I mean it's you know on paper it's uh, you know it, good ROI. We're 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 in the green at that point. Yeah. Um, da, 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 yeah, I'm reading it out. Regarded as one of the best comedies of the uh, early early aughts. Yeah, I I love this movie so much. This is um, but yeah. So I mean it's it's obviously not like the super blockbusters of today's world. Um, also, I mean, comedies aren't the same, budgets aren't the same. So, uh, but yeah, 90 million double X their budget. I, I, you know, it's a, that's a success. Absolutely. 
Um, so now after reading that kind of general info, I just want to hear like, and, and we'll just go back and forth a little bit, but like, what's this movie mean to you? Do you know where you were when you saw it for the first time? Were you a kid that, you know, that mom and dad were like, no, you're not going to see that. So you snuck it at like a friend's house. Like, where were you when you saw Anchorman for the first time? Yeah. So I, what's really funny is I don't remember, like, I don't remember so vividly the first time I saw it. I'll give you a little background. My dad was in, um, my dad, it was a student of comedy. He did some stand up, um, you know, in his, in his later years. But one of the things is we always had Comedy Central on. He's always watching stand up. We always love funny movies. So I, I'm, I love comedy. I love like the study of it, the the minutia of it, all like the little, the little things, the writing deliveries, everything about that is always, um, you know, always stands out to me and always some things that I look for almost to a fault, right? I can overanalyze things and anyway, but um, for whatever reason, like, you know, the, the Will Ferrell McKay movies, the early ones, and we'll get into maybe some of the other ones. Um, always stood out to me and so vividly I remember and this is funny because like you see these memes now it's like there was an era there was a, an era where like the funniest thing a group of kids can do is just sit in a circle and quote Anchorman and like that's yeah. like Anchorman and Step Brothers and that's just I have such a vivid memory of being in high school so much later like probably it was at least 10 years after the movie was out because I, I, I graduated high school in 14 so maybe less than that maybe it was like 11 or 12 right freshman sophomore year of high school i just remember putting this movie on with my buddies and we did basically didn't even let the movie happen we just sat there and we screamed at the tv every line because we knew what was coming we knew we knew how the delivery was if someone botched the line we would basically like flame them we'd be like you're an idiot you don't know you don't know this movie uh and we just <laughs> sat there for the for the full movie and we just did it we just ran through the whole thing and we really were like we were just like sitting there you know twin our thumbs being like this is the best this is the funniest movie of all time and uh i still think it is today i actually before we started recording i rewatched the whole thing so i just threw it on um because i have every streaming service what's up shout out me um i uh I, it's on it's on paramount plus for anyone who wants to watch it um and yeah i just threw it on and i watched the whole thing through and it's like there are some things you go back you're like you can point at something and go that's funny but you're not laughing necessarily, which I, which is what I do, especially nowadays a lot. I very rarely like laugh. I'll just be like, Oh no, that is funny. Like, I'm not going to laugh, but I, I acknowledge the humor there. Um, but like, I'm still, there's still points in this movie, a couple brick moments, couple like little one-liners from like, like again, background stuff that maybe you don't think about that. I'm still just dying laughing at every time I watch this movie, it's almost 20 years old, but yeah, man. Um, it's uh, it holds a special place in my heart. It's it's really I I love Will Ferrell. I think he's um, I think he's amazing. I, I mean he's uh, you know we it, it's no no secret that the recent Will Ferrell movies aren't as great. And obviously there was a you know it's not not a not uh the best thing that happened between him and McKay and and the split. We don't love that. It's not you know we'll always have this sort of like the early two thousands era, you know Will Ferrell movies and like these early. These early, you know, star-studded, like Seth Rogen is in this movie, and he has, uh, uh, I think, two lines total in the entire movie. You're talking about Seth Rogen, who's like a bona fide superstar right now in his own right. I mean, the cast is, Catherine Hahn is like the 16th build person on this thing. What is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. She's like ninth, and now she's going to star in her own like Marvel Cinematic Universe 
like TV show coming up soon. It's insane. Right. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I rewatched the movie on Saturday and it'd been a long time since I'd seen it. But like you said, it's just one of those movies that the quotes are thrown around in society uh, so much that you almost like forget that they're from Anchorman. And when, when I'm mm-hmm. watching the movie and my fiance, she had never seen the Anchorman somehow. Um, so she's just oh. sitting there and I'm just, I'm geeking the whole time. Like every joke, I'm just sitting there just laughing my ass off. And she, she found, which is funny, and we'll kind of get to it. This is kind of a good segue that she found that a ton of the humor is incredibly misogynistic. And- oh, it's terrible! It's so bad. You can't make that movie today. But the thing is, is that was the that's that was the like the second layer of the the comedic writing. It's right. Like, we're gonna we're gonna make a movie that just showed how like I, can I I can swear on here, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, just how fucking awful and so. The piece of shit they used to run, like nineteen seventies, like newsrooms, like that's a. They say that it's loosely based on like basically a guy in Detroit. Like you want women on TV? Ha! Ha! Yeah, right. And that's basically like, and then they're that's like that's Adam McKay's like funny little thing about him is he'll take he'll take this aspect, this little bad thing, right? Bad thing that doesn't that's not supposed to happen, and he'll just sit there and he'll pull that thread and be like. Listen to how ridiculous this all sounds right now in today's era. And that's what he did. Talked about, you know, uh, a 1970s misogynistic. I mean, it, it's funny. And we'll get into it maybe. But it's, it's misogynistic. But the, the most, uh, as far as women equality, like, Ron Burgundy and, and Ron Corson, they get into a straight up, like, wrestling match. He's beating the shit out of her. And like that's like he's like fighting a woman, and everyone's like, no, 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 let the two of them hash it out. Where it's like in any sort of like workplace, anything, it's like you can never, you should never hit a woman, and you, you know, you gotta like, you know, you can't do that in office. And they're like, no, no, let the two of them just absolutely duke it out. Like, and that's that's the that's the that's like the, the that third or fourth layer of like the jokes that he's trying to put. It's like, yeah, it's supposed to be misogynistic. How ridiculous does it sound? Where everyone goes, no, no, that's just life. That's just how we do it. And. And they take it even a step further. We usually kind of spend a minute talking about uh, whether the movie got a sequel or not, and it did. And I'm very curious about your opinion on that. But then that movie, the sequel, takes it a step further and kind of introduces like how Ron is starts to work for a black woman at the network, yeah, and is just incredibly racist as well. Like, yeah. It, it's just the clever writing that Adam McKay like knows what he's doing, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat it as if Ron, you know, was the most misogynistic, most racist person, but he's writing it in a way that doesn't come off like, oh, these people are racist that made this movie. Like, they, the writing here is yeah, it, it's just idea, too good. I would almost, I feel like a, a similar comparison in, like, maybe today's sort of scope is, like, when uh, the Colbert had the Colbert Report, right? So Stephen Colbert is playing an actor, or he's playing a character of a right-wing politician who like blindly agrees with everything they do, even though it might not be like the best thing, but, but he's like, no, no, this is great. It's great for, and so that's the idea is like by putting, making him a bad person, but you, you frame it in a, in a world where it's like, he, t- he can, he's so delusional within his own realm that he knows he's right. It, it, it's, um, it's like eccentric and delusion to a point of like, he's a bumbling idiot. 
like oh, San Diego. It means a whale's vagina. And she's just like, no, it doesn't. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm right. I'm definitely right on this one. You have no idea what you're talking about. Like, that's the idea. Is it's supposed to be so preposterous um, that it's almost like it's a little funny. Uh, the sequel. Sequel, uh, I didn't love as much. I think that was, it's not exactly like, it was, again, you're talking about one of the best comedies of the 2000s. It's hard to then top that. I mean, the sequel, let's see, Anchorman, I'm going to pull it up here on my side too. Um, yeah, the legend continues. So budget was $50 million, made 173 at the box office. Yeah, I think there was a lot of hype going into this. It came out... Uh, 2013, so nine years after, right? Nine, ten years after the uh, the first one. Um, no, it wasn't. I don't think it was nearly as good. Or the Rotten Tomato score probably reflects that. Um, but yeah, exactly. That's that's the whole thing. It's like 1970s Ron is like, all right, you want me to deal with women? Fine, fine. Twist my arm, and then it's like you 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 propel him 40 years into the future. And and we've introduced a, a second race into the into the whole the whole mix, and he's like, I don't the the scene where he's just staring, he goes mm, black, <laughs> I, I, yep. black. I just can't, I I don't know why, but the only word black is the only thing I can say right now. And, and again, it's just that that yeah, it's the McKay writing style where it's like, no no no, these are all terrible people, but look how look how bad they can get. It's it's almost the same writing that goes into like writing. Uh, Michael Scott for The Office in those early seasons yeah. of like this guy is like fictionally like laughably like there's no such thing as a person like this like there's no yeah. way that there's a human being that exists out there that is that stupid that just clueless about what his words are doing but yeah but well, well, let's make one and see how and see how he does see how he fares in in, in the field that's basically what it is exactly exactly so so yeah. it's just awesome yeah and obviously the other thing with uh when you think about anchorman 2 is they you know and this is part of them part of them knew that they were just going to be like all right we're going to make a second one we're going to do every callback to the first one so everything's hand up right the fighting scene it goes from like anchorman 1 was five news teams and then anchorman 2 when they have the fight scene it's like 12 or something and it's and again that's another it's a who's who of comedy of Jim Carrey, Tina Fey, um, John C. Riley, Vince Vaughn returns. Like everyone, it's it's a big, you know, that was not cash grab is not what you'd think it is because it's not like it dominated, but like like all right, people want a second one, we'll we'll do the exact same movie, but you know, forty years in the future, fine, I'll do that. You want to twist my arm? No problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the one of the great things, though, and I think was probably lost a little bit in the second one. Um, I mean, they still had some moments you can see from the bloopers. Is is that and 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 McKay? I saw an interview with Rob Riggle, um, and he talks about this a lot. Is that McKay? Um, let's let you do whatever the fuck you want. It's like it's so much improv, right? I think I oh, think yeah. I saw a thing that Rob Riggle when he worked on Step Brothers, it was like, oh, you could make a whole second movie with what we didn't use. Like all the improv, everything that's up on the cutting room floor, pile that all up, stitch it together. You have Step Brothers, like alternate version, basically. And I'm sure the same thing. And you know, you see all the bloopers on YouTube, or they even do like a sizzle reel, you know, during the credits. But like, okay, it's just like, all right, cameras rolling, get loose, guys. Like, we're gonna have a start point and end point. Yeah, someone has to make like this note. Someone's got to make this joke. 
But otherwise, how you get from A to B, I don't give a shit. We'll figure it yeah. out later. And he just lets them lets them play. And you know, a lot of the times is you I start I did notice that on the second run through. It's like like uh, Ron Burgundy refers to a mountain a lot. Like he's like uh, I want to shout it from a mountain. I didn't have a mountain, 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 mountain. That's because like Will Ferrell just was it was in his improv zone and mountain kept coming up. Or like in the bloopers, he's it's like great Odin or great Th- you know the, the the sweet Ravens uh, Odin's Raven or whatever it was. <laughs> and it's like by Zeus's hammer, the beard of Poseidon, and all these other like it's like all right, you've got a Greek mythology kick you're working on today. Well, that's fine, let it go. Like you know what I mean. And so yeah. a lot of those same jokes will keep coming up, but that's just because Will's like, I'm going to, here's everything, figure it out. You know what I mean? And so, and they do that. I think that gets a little lost um, in the, in the second movie. I know there's a lot of lighthouse. Um, they do a lot of the, uh, <laughs> the river of ejaculates. <laughs> there's a lot in that yeah. lighthouse being Frank and man. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of the beauty like, I don't know. I feel like back in the day, it almost feels like in today's world, you have to, like, it feels like you either are doing these like small indie projects or super blockbusters. And it's like, you know, the studios naturally, they're like, well, we want to make money and we want to not put out bad movies. And so I feel like back in the early 2000s, like, they're like, hey, we're just going to make a movie. We're going to get all our friends together, a bunch of great comedic minds, you know. Uh, SNL types and whatnot, or or Second City, you know, alumni, and they're just like, we're all gonna get together. Because I think this movie, I read somewhere, I was looking at like trivia and stuff. They pitched this movie like twenty times to DreamWorks before they yep. picked it up. Like, like the 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 thing was like, we're gonna just make the movie first and then worry about it later. Where it's like nowadays, you know, with universe building and and all this other stuff, and like you have to have the sequel greenlit within the first weekend based on like the return of, of, of your budget and everything, it, it kind of, you know, you lose some of the, you lose the appeal to, to the, or you can lose some of that when, and it, it comes through in the movie, right? I think sometimes where it's like back in, and that's why I don't think we're going to see some of these early 2000 style comedies, like the forgetting Sarah Marshall's of the world, or like, you know, that Apatow crew, the McKay crew, even, even, you know, Adam Sandler, Happy Madison, guys uh like their early stuff is you know revered netflix is going to sit here and tell us that every time adam sandler makes something it it does 400 zillion dollars by their self-reported numbers and there's literally no way we can check that but like to be honest it's not you know we're not gonna i don't think we're gonna see those early 2000s movies because those guys were just like we're gonna have a bunch of fun we're gonna make the movie and worry about the money later basically exactly um, I'm curious. You mentioned uh, you me- we mentioned a little bit about how some of the comments and and some of the writing doesn't age well. Some of it wouldn't work today. No. I'm wondering if upon rewatching the movie, you caught anything that you said. You know what? This movie is 20 years old, but that aged like a fine wine. Like this, this just works. Oh, yeah. and, and personally, it um, ahead, ahead. I'm, it, it's just the the chemistry between Will Ferrell and and the other three. Like the. Mm-hmm. And, and and that is something that was just apparent in the sequel as well. Like you could just tell like these four guys, Steve Carell, David, Paul, and Will just, they, they just love these characters and they love, like you said, also just the improv of it all. Like the fact that half the movie is just improv is just, just, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's just an absolute blast. And you can just tell like these, 
they had a blast making this movie. Like what I would give to just like sit on set for a day and just listen to them bullshit, you know, in between takes and whatnot. Like it'd be so much fun. Is there anything that you caught that you were like, man, that aged perfectly? I mean, yeah. So there's, there's a lot that doesn't age well. There's, you know, there's especially stuff like comments about brick that don't fly. Uh, Kechner, like, but they, they said that like Steve Carell even mentioned, like you can't, you couldn't make the office today. And the office right. like wrapped up and, you know, again, it's all very similar writing. But uh, yeah, those guys, I mean, the characters that they got to play, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think, I don't think one person was acting like, like, you know, Steve Carell is not a, is not a bumbling idiot, but he basically just took, you know, his, uh, his uh, office character and was like, okay, let's make him just flat out illiterate. Like, let's just really ham it up. Uh, David Koechner playing Will Champ again. It's basically just his office character, but like you know, a little bit more sports. He, he gets to he gets to be an asshole, right? Brian Fantana, Paul Rudd, smooth criminal. Like you know, he, the, the Sex Panther scene is still like I was cracking. He's like, yeah, no, that does smell, huh? Wonder wonder who's. And everyone's like, it smells like Bigfoot's dick. Um, yeah, and Will gets to be the boisterous, uh, brazen. You know, and he says it. He's like, I invent. I'm a. I'm a man. I'm a man that invented the wheel. It's and that's like he believes that. Like he really, truly. Uh, that's sincere to him. As far as things aging, like overly well, I still think like. Um, uh, that's. I mean, obviously, just so that that dynamic and and sort of like, uh, you know, the going back and forth, the hemming and hawing with Veronica and. Um, burgundy and and you know the idea that you know you you get sort of like the she gets the dagger right she's like hey he'll read fucking anything you put on that on that teleprompter and she you know out of spite she doesn't want like she's not mad at ron she's almost like she's just upset that the guy that she loves doesn't support her right and then she's like you know what i'm gonna this motherfucker like it's yep. it's it becomes totalitarian war with the two of them, where everyone wins up. It's it's keep going. You have um, uh, Catherine Hahn's character Helen tell her like, "Hey, this is here's here's the here are the nuke launch codes. I'm not going to push the button, but here's how you do it. Here's how you here's how you blow the damn thing up." And she she does it, and you can almost see immediately. And you get the scene where she runs out crying, where she says. You know, oh, Ron, like, I didn't mean to do it. I'm sorry. Like, he goes, are you happy? And she's like, no, not happy. But it hits. And this is something I didn't notice in my first watch through. It hits as soon as he says it. He goes, go fuck yourself, San Diego. And you see uh, Veronica Corningson's face kind of like, uh, like, it pulls back a little bit. Where she's like, oh, fuck, he really just said it. Like, the, the thing that I set in motion, you know, and, and I start, like, that, that sort of, like, regret. I don't think back to that, like, I guess sort of, you know, this movie having like any sort of emotional, I mean, we know he gets upset. We know there's the, the thing with Baxter, but like, there's actually a little something there where like, like Veronica is so distraught and upset when she finally does that move that like, I don't really appreciate, not to say that this isn't, you know, we're not, this isn't like cinema here. Let's, you know, relax a little bit, but it's, it's Anchorman. <laughs> But that's a little moment that I was like, wow, I don't really, I feel like I, that didn't hit me as much. Probably because I'm like, when's the next fart joke coming? When I was like, you know, however yeah. old I first saw this, when I first saw this movie, I'm not looking for, you know, pathos. <laughs> but 
but yeah, so that was something that kind of like I just sat there and I was like, huh, interesting. And it, and you know, I think the acting's great. Like it's it you you don't like again. I don't think anyone's acting. I think everyone's just like they've got their characters. Like most everyone is Paul F. Tompkins being uh, the that was one I remember. I was like Paul's in this movie, but I forget how. Like he's uh he's the judge of a kitty cat fashion show. Chris Parnell is just like a a, a doofier like more emotionally distraught version of his hot rod character. Like everyone's just playing who they naturally are. Um, but even then still it sells like, like Christina Applegate, like those guys are, that's, that is a lot of, for a lot of those, you know, actors that ends up being their baseline, like sort of like, even you think about Catherine Hahn, she, you know, she goes to play, um, oh, what the hell's her name in WandaVision where she's like the nosy neighbor. And you yeah. kind of get that with her, with her and Veronica like that. She's like, Hey, like, you know, do this, do that. Like, by the way, like when you stick it up to run, that's great. Oh, by the, here's, here's the secret. Here's his demise. And I, I watched that scene. It's 20 years ago. And I'm like, I feel like I just saw this. I feel like I saw this last year. And right. I nosy Nate. I can't remember. Uh, Agatha. Right? Agatha. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. You've got like, you've got Ant-Man and Agatha in a 2004 comedy, but yeah. <laughs> True. So, with all of that said, with all of that Anchorman stuff, I'm going to have to ask you. I know this movie, you love it to death. I'm going to need two things from you. I'm going to need A, I need you to letter grade this movie, A, B, C, D, mm-hmm. F. You can do you can do plus or minus uh, if you yeah. have to. And then I need your favorite scene, the one scene that steals the show for you for this movie. Okay. Uh, so I have, I have all my – because I did bust my sheet out, and I have um, – right now I have it as a 94 – uh, out of a hundred, um, it is my uh, second highest comedy under Monty Python. So I'm going to give that okay. an A. It's a uh, Monty Python at a 96, um, and I have it just above. What is that? Treasure Rabbit. I like Treasure Rabbit a lot. That was a 92. Um, that was uh, my favorite scene. I'm trying to think of. Um, had me still cracking up laughing. I still think the, uh, the uh, first anything where they're like they they're like a woman. <laughs> the, uh, the, <laughs> the 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 first time the first time that she's introduced and and the four of them are losing it in Ed's office. Yeah. They're like they're like uh, <laughs> Brian. I love the ladies. Don't get me wrong, but they do not balloon belong in a newsroom because. It's anchor man, not anchor lady. And that is a fact. <laughs> Everyone, Rick Tamlin, loud noises. I don't know what we're yelling about. And they cut to Ron and Ron's like, they're like, come on, Ron, you've got something bad to say. And he's like, it's terrible. She's gorgeous and her hair smells like cinnamon. <laughs> 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 oh my God. And Br- Brick comes, Brick comes, uh, the bears can smell the menstruation, which I think now that I watch back is like, they're like, he's like, Heard, I heard their periods attract bears. They can smell the menstruation. And and Brian goes, you hear that? You're, now you're putting the whole office in jeopardy. There's going to be bears. Bears is how the movie ends. She gets pushed yeah. into the bear pit. I was like, I've watched that back. And I was like, wait, did, like, that's when you go, okay, is that coincidence? Did they say, is that right, foreshadowing? Improv, is that improv? And then they're like, okay, but Brick, you have to say this bear line. Or is it? They're like they improv it all, and then at the end of the movie, McKay's like, "Wait, wait, wait! What if? Hang on, guys. 
have bears at the end of the movie? Like, what if that's how we wrap it up? Like, that's where you want to you want to be able to sit there and, and you show it to, to Adam and Will. And you're like, oh, look at that! I didn't even notice that. Makes a bear comment, and and bears are what we're dealing with at the end of the movie. And like, he's scared of a bear, but he's he's cuddling with a bear. Or is it, you know, what happened first? That's a big chicken or the egg thing. But that scene to me, it's like I know it's coming. I know every line that they're gonna say. I'm gonna say it with them, and I'm gonna laugh my ass off. It's still, it gets me every time. Yep, I'm with you on the rating, especially too. I'm I'm coming in right around an A. It's an absolute comedy classic. It's gonna be a movie I show to my kids, my kids' kids. It's just it's just one of those all timers in terms of a scene that gets me every single time, and even just sitting here thinking about it is just. Uh, especially the scene where you know him and Veronica they go out for the night on the town. He does the flute, mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. at the end of the night, they 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 share a kiss and says like we need to keep this on the down low. And then it cuts to Ron, <laughs> Veronica Corningstone, and I had sex, and we're all in love. And then just immediately, oh did I say that loud? <laughs> just, no, that wasn't. He just yeah, just like that. That wasn't me, right, guys? And like, no, you. I was definitely. You're very loud. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he just, says, it on the, says it on the broadcast, too. Oh, my God. Absolute just pleasure. And I also just enjoy, and I forgot how much I enjoy it, the, just the opening credits of, you know, mm-hmm. him doing the warm-up exercises with his mouth, like just screaming in the, uh, in the you know, in the newsroom, or like when they're at Will's party, and it's doing kind of like a one-on-one introduction to each character, and it cuts to Brick, mm-hmm. and he's like, I have the IQ of 48, which which most doctors call mentally retarded. And yeah, just yeah. just how he plays off that so well. It's just great, like you said earlier, just great performances from the actors because I don't know how the hell they, they were able to finish filming this movie. Like, I'd still be filming this movie if I was casted in it. I, I couldn't get through a scene. It's, it's, it's too good. Yeah, they just, there was something about them where it was like, they all, they all were in the zone. I mean, it, you know, like, you know, they, they have the blooper reels on YouTube and you can go look them up. Some of those still like are, are so funny. But um, but just like they, they almost like when they're in the zone, they're like everything we say is going to be hilarious and no one's going to break. And they just and they could sit there. because I don't think I don't think they were acting. I don't I mean, they they obviously are. But they're like those characters to them are just like, yeah, we, these these jokes are going to come easy. And like and because they obviously they work you know, well enough together. Like, everyone knows where, like, okay, I'm going to say something. Ron's going to say something ridiculous. Champ's going to come in, hype it up out of nowhere. Fantana's going to, like, second it. And Brick's just going to word vomit. And that's going to, that's the scene. And we're doing that every time. Rock and roll. Reset, reload. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. And they just, once you get, like, once you get in that zone, they they were unstoppable. They 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 could do almost no wrong unless, you know, someone really came over the top of the break. But, like, god damn it. It's so funny. I'm, I'm sitting here. I might like I almost want to rewatch it just like right after we're done. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so fucking funny. It's just one of those that especially for me like I love the movie. I don't think about it all the time, but when I do get to sit down and watch it, it's just like god damn, this movie is so fucking funny. Like there's so many one-liners that just make it gold and that's why it's sitting right there at an A. I mean, it just it doesn't get old. It's one of those you could watch. Like you said, you could watch it twice in a night and still crack up as if it was the first time watching it in five years. Like, it's just gold. Yeah. I was also looking. It's like I was part of it was like, it was it early enough that it was his jumping off point for, for Will. And I pulled up his um, 
his uh, IMDb. It's not necessarily. So he had Old School in 03. He had Buddy the Elf in 03, which obviously those are two big ones. But like Zoolander in 01, he was Magatu. But like you, like you'd see Ron Burgundy, and then then it's like okay, Ron Burgundy 04, Kicking and Screaming 05, Wedding Crashers 05, Talladega 06, like Blades of Glory 07. Like that, it was kind of the start of semi pro. Oh wait, this man was putting out and Step Brothers in the same year. Oh wait. Like that was that I what not like the start start, but definitely in that early phase of like I'm gonna put out Will Ferrell's gonna have arguably the funniest movie of the year every year for the next uh, however long until I decide to hang it up. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's, you did other guys in 2010. That's another good one. God damn. God, I I, I fucking love the other guys, man. If you want to talk about another movie that I could just quote for hours, just. I love the other guys. That shit is so it's so underrated. I a few people here here and there you hear talk about it, but other than that, like I don't think it gets the attention. Mostly because it's, he's had those other standout roles, like Step Brothers, like Elf, like Kicking and Screaming. Those I don't other know movies. What it is. I don't know what it is, but it is like it's like the lost comedy. It's and I and I I tweet about the other guys enough where I'm like, well, stop what you're doing. Go watch the other guys because it's it'll be funnier the last time. That movie gets funnier every single time I watch it. It's yep. un- it's so underrated. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it got like got like lost in the shuffle. Yeah, it's not like it's not re- like when people think Will Ferrell movies, they go the big three: Talladega, Anchorman, Step Brothers. And I'm like, yep. other guys is just as funny. Like, yep. he's not like he's not playing the you know eccentric like maniac doofus that he is with like you know with Talladega or Burgundy, you know, even, even stepbrothers, he was a little like self-deprecating, but it was still like, he was like, yeah, but I'm Nighthawk. So fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he plays, he plays Alan Gamble. Who's like, who's this whole thing is to be wildly modest. He's got like the hottest wife in the world. And he's like, please, she's ugly. I know. Don't let's not talk about it. Uh, so like, I'm telling you right now, I've had a good time with you. If you'll have me back, I'll do the other guys with you. I love that movie. I love it so much. If you give me a reason to rewatch it, oh my god, it's got it's got uh, Michael Keaton with the TLC references. It's got um, <laughs> The Rock and Rob Sam Riggle, Jackson. Rob and Sam Jackson. The uh, the I hope you like prison food and penis. Like it's got it's got heaters in that movie. Oh my god! All right, I, I could go on. Yeah, that's that's another movie. That's that's another one where I could just sit there all day and hammer on about it. Yep. Agreed. Would love perfect segue again. Would absolutely love to have you back and talk about some more classic comedies for now. I thank you for joining me and go ahead and plug yourself, plug the Twitter. We talked about it or plug the Instagram. Now's your time. Thank you. Thank you. Well, first of all, I want to thank you very much for having me again. I I haven't done too many podcasts. I I love them. I, I have a lot of fun with them. You know, we've interacted a good amount on Twitter. I see what you do. You know, I'm happy to support the show. Uh, definitely going to, you know, push this. I actually, during the intro, I was already throwing some stuff up on Instagram, um, uh, by the way. So, yeah, check those. But, yes, my, my plug time. Uh, I am at H Baron on every platform. That is Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Venmo, Cash App. What's up? If you want to send me money, go ahead and do that. Uh, no, but I am. I am. I'm at Asher H. Barron on every platform. Sometimes the name reads Sunday Polls Guy. Sometimes it just says my name. 
Asher Barron. Um, but that's it. That's me, dude. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely, man. And I will throw those uh, usernames in the description of the episode so people can just click away and get right cool. to those platforms and profiles. And in terms of everybody else, if you like what you heard, just tell a friend. That's all I need you to do. I don't want you to subscribe to a Patreon. I don't want you to send me money, although I, I, I will piggyback yeah, no, off no. of Asher. Yeah, I will piggyback sure. off of you, though, and say that would be fantastic. <laughs> send me money if you'd like. Um, but other than that, I just want you to tell a friend. We all are constantly talking about movies and TV. We're always asking each other, what's the next thing to watch? Binge Boys has you covered. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. takes you to listen to this ad. Almost three million gallons of water will have flowed over the deck at Niagara Falls. And when that deck needs to be protected from all that water, it's sealed with America's recognized brand in water protection, Thompson's Water Seal. Oh look, another 100,000 gallons. Weather protected, water sealed. Thompson's Water Seal, trust the seal. Available at a retailer near you.